0: Welcome back to another episode of The Credential Report. I'm your host, Michael Mulford, Mavs editor at Dallas Sports Fanatic. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Selena Sixtos, Wings editor at Dallas Sports Fanatic, and Corey Douglas, Mavs and Cowboys staff writer. Corey, Selena, what's up, guys?
1: Hey, guys. It's Victory Tuesday.
0: Victory
2: Tuesday. It's good to be back on the podcast after, um, you know, we didn't record last week due to the Cowboys bye week, so it's definitely good to be back. He yeah, left
1: th- on a good note, came back on a good note.
0: Right. We got some good stuff to talk about today. Obviously, the Cowboys' victory last night against the Giants on Monday Night Football. And we'll, t- we'll talk about some Mavs' uh, early season thoughts at the end of the podcast. So, Cowboys' victory last night against the Giants, um, as expected, what was it
2: 38-17?
0: To 37-18. 37-18. Um, yeah. It was a little rocky at first. The Giants the Giants were out here trying to end, end some, some playoff hopes.
1: They, they tried it. They tried it. They definitely went in there bold. But I think that we shut that shit down real quick, which was, I mean, I think it caught everyone by surprise, you know, Dak throwing that interception so early in the game. Yeah, the
0: first play of the game.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think everyone is just a little on their edge at that point. But then after a while, we're like, all right, we got this.
0: Yeah, I think
2: the biggest thing for me is I kind of had some Jet-type feelings going on till very late in the first half.
1: Flashbacks. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was like, not again. Like, you can't lose to this team, you know, after losing to the Jets a couple weeks ago. Um, and then Daniel Jones, he was there for us. You know, he threw that one interception to Xavier Woods, which was a huge play, um, which I don't really know exactly what the Giants were doing in that situation, but uh, the, I was glad to see the Cowboys took advantage of it. Um, and then Blake Jarwin with the big 42-yard catch, um, that kind of he kind of sparked the offense, kind of got them the ball rolling in the right direction. Um, so yeah, overall, it was a, it was a decent performance. Um, it's definitely not the best, and I don't know if they bring that same product to the field on Sunday, which we'll get to later against Minnesota. If that will work, but it definitely worked last night for a, a pretty easy win.
0: Yeah, I'd say the the talk, the big talking point was was probably the defense last night. Um, you know, five sacks across the board. Uh, Michael Bennett got in there in his debut, got a sack. Um, I think the big thing was was holding Saquon to only 28 yards rushing. You know, he did have mm-hmm. that that 65 yard uh, catch, but I mean, 14 carries, 28 yards. I mean he looked he looked like an ordinary back. I mean that's nothing against him, but um you know, Will Hernandez couldn't couldn't shove enough guys to, to get to create enough holes for uh for Barkley to get out there.
2: Yeah, and I think a big piece of that was Sean Lee. I mean he was in, in,
0: yeah, invented Sean uh, Lee last night.
2: Prime yeah. He was that was prime Sean Lee what we saw. Nine tackles, one pass defended. And I think that went uh, went a long way into holding Barkley to the 28 rushing yards. And Daniel Jones was actually the leading rusher for the Giants last night. Um, and then according to uh, Pro Football Focus, um, you know, the, the Cowboys as a team only missed two tackles. So that's also big because Barkley can make you miss.
1: I can't remember seeing Sean Lee play like that. It's been so long since we were like, yes. That is Sean Lee. Like he had, he was just he was phenomenal. And I think that Michael Bennett definitely he went out there and he did exactly what the Cowboys needed him to do. You know he shined in that debut. And speaking of Saquon, he like shot out of a freaking cannon when he tackled him in the red zone. It was yes. it was real good to see. It felt good.
0: I will say Michael was, Bennett. He it looks like he needs a smaller jersey. His He's like pads. He, he wears kicker pads. He wears the kicker pads. It looked it. like he got a, a hand-me-down jersey.
1: <laughs> His welcome to the team.
0: But it, yes. but with Sean Lee, it's it's really nice to know that, you know, with you know L V E not playing last night, that you can put Sean Lee in that starting role, um, you know, playing him every down and get you know a vintage Sean Lee performance.
1: And I think that a lot of that weight was maybe because we had Leighton that it kind of just like obviously you know minimize the load that Sean Lee had to carry but I think that we all just kind of forgot and we put it in the back burner just how phenomenal Sean Lee can be out there but we definitely saw vintage Sean Lee last night
2: yeah I think another player on that linebacking core that has started to play better these last couple of games along with D-Law is Jalen Smith um, you know, he had half a sack last night. He, you just see him flying around to the football. Um, he had four solo tackles, eight assisted tackles. And then on his half a sack, he threw up the X for Dez. Uh, yeah. happy birthday to Dez! Um, so no, it's definitely good to see, you know, Jalen playing better football. D law coming to life. Robert Quinn still out there, uh, creating havoc on the quarterback. So just with the addition to Bennett, you know, on the defensive line, it's, I feel like it's going to – the defense going to start going in that right direction to what we all thought we were going to see at the beginning of the season.
0: You know, we talked about this um, last podcast, but Jordan Lewis, man, he did it again. Playmaker. Playmaker. That's yes, all he does is make plays. He scooped up that that fumble um, and scored to solidify the win just... 37-18. But, yeah, anytime he's the out way. there, he, just, he makes plays.
1: Like, yeah, he went out there and he scooped it up, but in the manner in which he would so effortless. Like, he just ran out there, scooped it up, and kept it moving. Like, any other player, I feel like it's easy, I feel like, to, you know, not have your feet planted and just, like, kind of, like, fumble around a little bit, trip over your own feet, if even. But it just looks so easy. He made it look incredibly easy.
2: Because to your point, how often do you see... You know, teams, you know, they're diving all over the football. The ball keeps popping up. Right. And, you know, it's, 20, it's 20 yards down the field, and they still haven't picked up the ball. And then it creates a, a pile. and the refs had to get to the bottom of it. So, yeah, I definitely that stood out to me, too, is just how smooth he picked it up. And I actually saw a, uh, some stats from Bobby Belt today on Twitter, uh, where it was uh, Jordan Lewis has played at least 60% of the snaps in 17 career games. And these are his numbers. He has 70 tackles, one sack two tackles for loss, two picks, eight passes defended, and two fumble recoveries, and then the touchdown he had last night. So it just the um, dude, when he's out there, it just – you can tell the difference. You know, you feel like the Cowboys actually have a chance to take the ball away or, you know, turn a, a pick into a touchdown. Just make a play that – a game-defining play, I guess you can say.
0: Yeah, I mean, it begs to differ. I mean, obviously he, he does – he does see the, the field a lot, but, you know, I beg, and he's, you know, really good in the slot, but, you know, it begs to differ if he should be getting one of those two starting spots. Um, you know, Byron, obviously the top corner, but, you know, he's, is he truly a, you know, a number one corner? I'm, I'm still unsure. Um, and then Cheeto, I mean, Cheeto has his moments for sure, but I think Jordan Lewis is the best pure playmaker, um, you know, defensive back-wise that the
2: Cowboys have. Yeah, and I feel like one thing with Lewis is that, um, you know, he might find himself out of position at times, but his nose for the football is going to make up for that more times than not. Um, as to where Cheeto, he can't find the football, you know, the majority of the time. You know, he struggles to turn, the, or turn around. And, you know, he's not the only one in that secondary that struggles to do that. You know, Anthony Brown has his struggles with that. Byron Jones doesn't have a nose for the football. So I think just having a guy out there that can do that, um, along with Xavier Woods, you know, he's come on the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, he had an you know, the pick that I mentioned earlier, the force fumble later in the game. And Lewis was around that play as well. And then, you know, Woods had the pick last uh, or before the bye week against the Eagles. Uh, that was the big play in that game. So just Lewis and Woods back there, I mean, it's it definitely makes a difference.
1: The crazy thing is, is that leading up to like this Giants game, I feel like the conversation was very centered around, um, around Daniel Jones of, you know, this isn't the same Giants team, you know, it's restructured now, like they're, they have a new quarterback and it's just, they were just kind of making it to a point like, you know, the Cowboys don't know what to expect type of deal, but I mean, really it all played out perfectly. I think that the Cowboys went in there and knew exactly what they had to do. They definitely maximized on his weakness of, you know, he loses the ball a lot.
2: Yes, he gives he that ball like fumbles like, lost Sorry, le-
1: he's leading right in the NFL for yes. for fumbles. And it's it's I they, they they went out there and knowing that in their minds and they definitely maximized on that. So for everyone who was saying this isn't a different this is a different Giants team. No, it's not. They're <laughs> still the Giants, they're still garbage.
0: You know, and offensively Obviously, Dak got that pick uh, to start the game, and um, you know Randall Cobb had that had that weird fumble um, where it just kind of launched out of his hands. But I mean, overall, they picked it up in the second half. Zeke, you know, 139 yards on 23 carries. Uh, got to shout out uh, the big wit, nine targets, eight catches, 58 yards. He just got Velcro for hands, man. Like you throw the ball to him, it's just gonna stick. He's not going to go anywhere with it, but he's going to catch the ball.
1: And not to mention he got flung while he was already out of bounds, which we did not pick up a call on that. Nice job, refs. But, yeah, he he looked he looked young again. He looked like Jason Wayne. I almost forgot that he had retired for a year.
2: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, just going to you – know, speaking to Elliott's 139 yards, he said after the game, that was probably the easiest – 139 yards rushing he's had you know ever uh, just because that offensive line was just blocking so well and I mean he was making the right cuts his vision was outstanding um, he was getting to the second level um, just consistently and you know that just speaks to you know averaging six yards a carry last night um, and then you know uh, you know the offense was kind of sputtering there for a while uh, but then you know Cooper comes in with a 45 yard touchdown catch and You kind of felt like they were rolling, you know, at that point.
1: You know, we can talk about Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, DeMarcus Lawrence. But I think the real star of the night was the black cat.
0: The black cat. Wow. I totally forgot about that.
1: (laughs) The black cat. It was just like a sign. And it was like DeMarcus Lawrence was saying, you know, that that's a sign Gonna go out there. He dropped a lot of F-bombs. And then he was like, this is it. This is fucking it. Like, go for it. That was his sign. And I think that, like, that was was badass. There was a cat running around the field. First of all, how does a cat get on the field? Like, I believe that it can get into the stadium. How does it get onto the field? Well,
0: they said that they have a bunch of stray cats living there at MetLife. I don't know. It's funny, because that cat... That cat, it felt like that cat knew what he was doing,
1: and he looked very well fed. Was yeah, like, I, he
0: did. Like, I like he was eating a like, lot. There's like thirty thousand people out there. I'm about to go, <laughs> I'm about to go screw up their <laughs> night a little bit. Yeah, I'm, gonna go, and, and I'm gonna go put on a show. Did Jerry did Jones. Y'all hear, did y'all happen to hear Kevin Harlan's call of the, no. Of yeah. the cat?
1: No. Yes. Uh, yes. He's he's a that is all I needed.
0: And then all the that memes today hat. about like the cat had like twenty seven yards rushing and a touchdown.
1: He had his own doc mini documentary out there already. Yeah, he but Jerry, the Jones was, Jerry Jones was Jerry Jones was joking about how he had that black cat hidden in the stadium for years, waiting for the right opportunity. And then he told Rosie, his his security guard, he told Roosevelt to go unchain it and let it loose on the field. So that was Jerry Jones is doing apparently.
2: And then I heard something else later, or I guess today, and it said that the Cowboys were actually trying to bring the cat home. Um, oh. Or they were trying to find the cat um, after the game or you know, just whenever they were getting stuff ready to go. Um, but apparently the Giants and um, you know whoever found the cat later just wasn't having it, so they didn't get to bring the cat home at this point.
1: <laughs> but
2: well, the numbers my- before the cat and after the cat are fascinating for Dak. Um, I saw this on Twitter today, where Dak only had 84 yards passing and a pick, and the Cowboys were losing 9-3 to before the cat appeared. <laughs> and then after the cat appeared, the Cowboys outscored the Giants 34-9, to and Dak had 173 yards passing and three touchdowns. Oh,
1: my God. Isn't this phenomenal? Yeah. Like, our whole conversation <laughs> is revolving around a cat.
0: See, Dak, Dak's got to adopt that cat. Yeah. He has to.
1: Dakota Prescott.
2: Eh. yeah i eh. think you did there <laughs> prescott
0: <laughs> but looking forward uh another night game next week or this week uh against the vikings definitely more uh stout tougher competition it's gonna be a tough one you know what 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 kind of stands out for y'all uh in this matchup against against the Vikings?
2: So uh, for me, I saw a couple of different things. Um, so first of all, um, the quarterback matchup, Dak versus Cousins. Dak is 4-0 and against Cousins in his career. Um, the Cowboys are 3-0 and against Mike Zimmer-led teams, uh, and Mike Zimmer is head coaching the opposing team. And then this one came from Sharp, uh, Warren Sharp, who does a lot of the, the stats and stuff um, just for every, you know, throughout the NFL. Ah, uh, the Vikings are o thirteen and one, and lose by an average of ten points per game versus teams with a with a winning versus teams with a winning record outdoors since twenty fourteen. Um, so I found that pretty interesting that they kind of struggle and uh, struggle outdoors. So it's time to open the roof Sunday night.
1: I for sure I feel like this is going to be a lot of um, Ezekiel Elliott on Sunday night. I think that that the Cowboys' O line is definitely going to have to put in some work. And they're gonna have to come out on top. They're gonna have to be covering for Zeke, and I think that's gonna make all the difference in on Sunday night.
0: I mean, you know, Kirk is is comfortable—not comfortable, but he's, you know, familiar with the Cowboys. Obviously, being formerly being a, a Redskin uh, in the division. But yeah, I mean, with Adam Thielen out, that's huge for the Cowboys. You know, Thielen is his cousin's security blanket. You know, he's he's a top ten receiver in the league. So that's a huge blow to the Vikings. You know this. This is going to be about the running backs, like you said, uh, Selena. You know Zeke versus Dalvin Cook. You know Dalvin Cook has, has been healthy this year. He's looked, you know, like a top five back. Um, is he
1: still? Is he still leading? Leading the league
0: in rushing? I think. Ooh, I that's think a good McCaffrey question. has that one. Yeah, McCaffrey might oh. have him now. Um, but yeah. I mean, whoever whoever can run the ball. I mean, they also have you know. Um, Madison back there is a backup. He's a solid, he's a solid running back. Um, and then just have to limit the big plays. You know, Stephon Diggs is, is a big play, you know, down the field kind of guy. Um, he'll be definitely getting more targets with, with Thielen out, but like you said, Corey, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't have the best track record against the Cowboys. So, you know, hopefully the Cowboys can give him that fifth straight loss, uh, come Sunday night.
2: Yeah, and actually, Dalvin Cook does lead uh, the league in rushing by 13 yards over McCaffrey. Um, Just to touch on that real quick. Um, So good point out, Selena. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, also just another key point is the Vikings, they can get after the quarterback themselves on defense. Um, They're top 10 on offense in yards per game and then also top 10 in points allowed on defense. Um, so I, I think to both of you guys, this point, the running game is going to be important because these teams are similar. They, they want to run the football and, you know, as you can see, Dalvin cook is leading the league in rushing Zeke is sixth. Um, so I think whoever has more success on the ground will come through, uh, which is kind of weird to say in 2019, but, um, I definitely think that's going to be a crucial point of Sunday's game.
0: Yeah. It looks like the Cowboys are 22nd in the league allowing 97 rushing yards per game Vikings are 24th um, averaging 90 give it up 95 I guess that's reversed but yeah similar similar rush defenses um, so it's gonna be huge to see which uh, which running back can get off and uh, you know break free and get into the end zone.
1: the Cowboys they're definitely coming off of like this um, you know their win against a division rival, huge win. Not only that, but there was so much intensity on that field last night. They were just, you know, going back and forth, arguing and wanting to hit each other. But I think that oh I hope at least that a lot of that carries over into Sunday night. So we can keep continue seeing that competitiveness. Because a lot of the times probably all the time actually, there the biggest problem with the Cowboys is consistency. So just Mm -hmm. keeping that momentum is going to be crucial. I think that they're definitely going to be out there with a little bit of like, I guess, a chip on their shoulder, you know, maybe still a little pissed off about the Giants. Happy we won, obviously. But I mean, it doesn't end there. It's just going to get a little harder. And I think this is the beginning of the road for that.
2: Yeah, and I think this is all All right.
0: Yeah. And with the Vikings um, coming off that last second loss against the Chiefs, you know, you know, they're going to be hungry to uh, to get back in the wins column you know they can't fall too far behind the packers um and the nfc north they're one game back um and we all as we all know the nfc is stacked this year so you know every win matters when it comes to you know not just you know division rankings but especially wildcard rankings just because mm-hmm. you know there are so many playoff contenders uh you know fighting for those those wildcard spots
2: Yeah, and I was just going to actually touch on that, Um, you know, as far as the seeding, you know, the Cowboys definitely need to get this game after, you know, they have losses to New Orleans and Green Bay. Um, And then if you add a loss into against Minnesota, that's your third conference loss. You lose a tiebreaker automatically against Minnesota if you lose this game, Um, just in case for any chance that if you somehow don't win the division um, to have any chance at a wild card. this is a must win in a lot of ways for the Cowboys.
0: Well, I guess, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens on Sunday night, but you know, after Sunday night, this is kind of that, that stretch in the schedule that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that, you know, that this is going to kind of define what the Cowboys season is going to look like ultimately, you know, they have the Vikings this Sunday and then it's followed by, you know, at the lions at the Patriots bills at home for Thanksgiving when? And then Bears, Rams, Eagles. Um, we won't count the Redskins, but those are all tough games. You know, none of them, none of those games are gimmies. Um, you know, you can expect the the Bills to kind of fall off the wagon a little bit. The Bears, you know, they don't have a quarterback. But, you know, those are all teams that are, you know, vying for, you know, a playoff spot, a wild card spot, like, like we just talked about, you know, how, you know, looking ahead, you know, how do you see the Cowboys getting out of this this uh, this tough stretch when it comes to, you know, seeding and record-wise?
2: Okay, so I guess we can just do it. You know, kind of want to do it game by game? Yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah, let's do that.
2: I think, uh, I think we can start with Minnesota, obviously, because that's the next game. Um, my... Hart wants to say they beat Minnesota um, because they're at home. Um, I think they can get Zeke going. Uh, I think Amari Cooper can pose a problem. Xavier Rhodes isn't having his best season um, over in Minnesota. So um, I'm kicking the Cowboys on Sunday night. Um, but it just – I'm not I'm not that confident in it, honestly, just because they just haven't shown that they can beat a team like Minnesota. Um, and until they do it, I'm going to be kind of skeptical. Um, so I guess we can start there and then just pass it around.
1: I, I have them. I have them winning against Minnesota, especially now with um, with Thielen. Um, I think that that's going to make a big difference. And Kirk Cousins is going to be limited on his weapons. And like you said, we already have a track record with Kirk Cousins. We know him. We know his style. We kind of know what to expect um i have i have the cowboys winning i don't think it'll be a very eventful game pretty it's gonna be probably a low scoring game but i have cowboys winning on top
0: yeah it's i think this week and next week against the lions um i feel like those are both pick em games for me you know i can see it going either way um like you said selena with feeling out you know that's a huge blow uh to the vikings um so I'm going to go with the Cowboys this week. Next week, I feel like next week, you know, I know the Lions are 3-4-1. You know, it's not a very attractive, you know, a very attractive record, but, you know, they're a solid football team. You know, I think that's a trap game. You know, in Detroit, I think that could be a game that the Cowboys look back and like, man, we should have got that one.
2: And Stanford think... seems to always be able to sling it around against us, too. And he,
0: he's looking really good this year. Galladay's, he's having a
1: great season.
0: Galladay's turned into a you know wide receiver one, you know Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. He's been balling out the last couple weeks. Um, you know the running back situation is a little iffy with with Curry on out, but but Stafford man, like you said, he always seems to kind of have those big games against the Cowboys going back to the Calvin Johnson days.
1: I have I have the Cowboys winning against um, the Lions. I. I feel like, I don't know, them coming off of, well, assuming that they win in, in, in against Minnesota, I think that that's going to be the push that they need to kind of give the Cowboys that little confidence boost, you know, kind of shut up the haters in a way. You know, I'm sure they get tired of hearing, oh, they're not playing real teams yet, they have an easy schedule. And that's kind of going to be the turning point for them. So that carrying over into the Lions, I think that that's going to be a nice transition, and I think they they have that winning as well
2: yeah I think uh I think they can find a way to beat the lions um but you know they're gonna have to find a way to you know get after Stafford for sure um and then limit the big plays because you know uh they got the new offense coordinator over in Detroit who uh I believe is Darren Robel um you know he's known for running the football but they're slinging it down the field um and that's another game where Cheeto is going to be tested uh, you know, against Marvin Jones, against Kenny Galladay. Um, so I definitely think that's going to be a close one. Um, but I think the Cowboys win that one
0: on the road. And then we got the Patriots, November 24th, in Foxborough. Um, and we saw what the Ravens did to them on Sunday night. Um, obviously, if you look at the Pats' schedule, that's that's really the first, you know, true test that the Pats have had this year. Um, and the Pats, I feel like they always have that game on national TV once a year, where they where they get kind of handily beaten, and everyone starts mm-hmm. to panic like, oh, is, are the Pats done? Is Brady, you know, on his last leg? Is Belichick retired? There's always that one game on national TV, um, you know. I think, and I think the Cowboys can take some things that they, you know, from the Ravens, um, you know, try to get Dak out of the pocket a little more, try to get him to scramble a little bit more. You know, you saw. Mm -hmm. you know what Lamar Jackson did to that defense I mean you saw what you see what Lamar does to every defense with his legs but um I think that's gonna be a fascinating game um I think that's gonna be high scoring and um you know I'm gonna lean towards the Patriots but I think it's I think that game is gonna be kind of the benchmark of telling us what what type of team the, the Cowboys are are they truly a contender or are they just you know another playoff team.
1: I feel like with the Patriots, kind of like what you said, Mulf, you know, they have that one game of the season where they just kind of get, you know, Handled. beaten up a little bit, but it's like, people don't freak out about that. They're like, Oh, it's just the Patriots. It's Tom Brady, you know, it, whatever, if this factor, this factor, but it's never on the Patriots. It's very unfair in that way because they go out there and they be good teams. And then they lose against a bad team. Same thing with the Cowboys, but they're scrutinized for it much more, much worse. But I think that definitely going into New England, it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna be tough, especially you know in November. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be cold.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: it, there's just so many factors on that end. But I think it's gonna be a really good game. And I, I don't I don't even. I'm not confident that the Patriots are winning that game.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of the time, like when New England has that game, it seems like it's always early in the season where they drop to like two and two or, you know, two and three or something like real early in the season. Um, And then by the time you get to November or December, um, you know, they start rolling this year, obviously it's been different. They're eight and one now. Um, And I, I think, Going to Foxborough, that's a tough environment to win in. Like you said, it's going to be cold, Um, and you know they thrive in that cold weather. I'm not really sure that we're the team that we have the style of football. Like we play the style of football to win in that environment. I just don't know if uh, going to New England is going to be that environment where they actually can pull out a win. So I'm going to say the Cowboys lose that one to New England.
0: I think we can all agree that the next two after that, Bills and Bears, are Cowboys victories
2: for they show. should be
0: yes. Um, that
2: Bears one is tricky though, although their offense is awful with uh, Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Yeah, it's another uh, another Sunday night game in Chicago. Um, I I think the December fifteenth matchup against the Rams. I think the Rams get that one, um, even though it's in Dallas or in Arlington. Um, I think the Rams will. I mean, looking at that division um, with the Seahawks. You know, Russell Wilson having an MVP-like season with the Niners, kind of shocking the world. Um, you know, the Rams are going to need every win they can get. Um, and I think the Rams get that one. What do y'all think?
1: No. I th- I... Selena's <laughs> no. just picking the
0: Cowboys every week.
1: <laughs> no, well, look. Listen. Listen. Yeah, I'm a oh, little Shalinda. bit of a homer, but shut up. Listen. Um, um, no, I think that they they ran they ran over us last year. Like, they made – they made the Cowboys their bitch last year it was bad But they're not I don't think that they're they're the same team Todd Gurley doesn't even look like the same guy this season and I think that it's like it's gonna all come down to Jared Goff Yes.
2: yeah
1: and and I think that's gonna like the Cowboys are gonna be able to maximize on that like it's gonna come down to him and that's to our advantage
2: yeah, I think uh, the addition, as far as the Rams go, they're five and three. They've won two in a row since acquiring Jalen Ramsey. Um, I feel like they're kind of getting their mojo back aside from um, Gurley. Yeah, <laughs> being, <laughs> uh, being uh, you know, aside from Gurley, just kind of falling off a cliff. Uh, I'm not sure, really sure. Still, still not really sure what's going on there. Um, but Cooper Cup is a problem. Sean McVay, uh, he coached circles around Garrett in that playoff game. Um, you know, both him and uh, both Gurley and Anderson ended up with over hundred yards. Um, I think that's gonna be another one where um, I think that's gonna be a lot of points scored in that game and it's gonna come down to who has the better quarterback. And in this situation, I feel like the Cowboys have the better quarterback. I feel like Dak Prescott is better than Jerry Goff. Um, so I think the Cowboys pull out a close nail biter um, in that one. Um so yeah, And it's a home win.
1: game. Yes. It's a home game also, so a little bit of an advantage there.
0: Yeah, I think I think in that game, you know, Jordan Lewis is gonna have to be, you know, even more impressive as he has been the past couple of weeks. It's, you know, he's gonna be in the slot against Cup and uh man, Cooper Cup is that dude is serious.
2: Yeah, he's a problem.
0: And then I think we can agree, the last two games of the season: Eagles, Redskins, Cowboys. Get those. Um, I mean, that put. I mean, depending on that, puts the Cowboys at you know at least ten wins. Um, so and that
2: Philly game is probably going to be for the division. Um, so that's going to be obviously very important. Uh, I think that's one that could get flexed to Sunday night again. Um, and it's like I said, it's on the road. Another cold weather environment. Um, the schedule makers did us no favors, uh, sending us to New England, Chicago, and Philadelphia late in the season.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, so that I mean, that's going to be a tough game. Like I said, I think that I think that's going to decide the division.
0: Yeah, and I mean, these next two games to look at the Eagles' schedule. These next two games against the the Vikings and Lions are that much more important because next two games the Eagles have a bye this week. Um, But the following two games after that, Eagles get Um, Mm Patriots-Seahawks. I'm going to put that as two losses. So that would put the Eagles at 5-6 and going into the final five games. They'll get Dolphins, Giants, Redskins three games in a row before the last game against the Cowboys.
2: Where they'll be... Based off your projections, they'll be eight and six at that point. So um, it's going to be tricky. um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that schedule. Because I honestly, I think the Eagles will probably. I think they'll beat. I think they'll beat New England or Seattle. I'm not sure which one. I don't think it'll be New England just because they're coming off that disaster on Sunday Night Football. So they're going to have two weeks to sit on that because they have a bye week this week. Um, but I think they, I think they beat Seattle. Um, and I think they're sitting at nine and five at that point going into week 16. Um, and I think the Cowboys will be sitting at, you know, nine and five or, you know, somewhere in that realm as well. So it's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a dogfight, uh, that week 16 matchup.
0: And I just think that, you know, I don't think it's going to be talked about enough that, you know, Deshaun Jackson's injury, I think that's a huge loss for the Eagles. You know, you saw the first yeah. week of the season, he had like 133 yards, two touchdowns, like eight catches. I mean, yep. and then he played a couple snaps this past week. Um, you know, Nelson Aguilar just doesn't, just doesn't do it for him. Um, when it comes He's to terrible. Yeah. He just has bricks for hands. Um, yeah. When it comes to stretching the field, um, you know, I thought that they would be a team that would, would go after Josh Gordon. um, I'm curious if they're a team that would call up Antonio Brown. I mean, I know. It's, oh. <laughs> I know they said that they might be bringing Jordan Matthews back for like a third time. Um, yeah, they just
2: can't stay away from that guy. Yeah, man.
0: But I mean, that just that's like the Mavericks and Devin Harris. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, Jordan Matthews, that just doesn't get me excited. Um, you know, Eagles, Cowboys. We'll see. We'll see if it comes down to that. You know week 16 matchup in philly to decide the division um but now it's time for some mavs talk so the mavs start the season first six games four and two um really only a couple plays away from being six and oh right now you know that that coach's challenge against um with the with the with portland um Mm -hmm. you know that was that was really tricky um and then obviously the Lakers game, the the Danny Green three, which the the refs missed the call when Dwight Howard, Dwight was, Howard was holding was Seth hugging. was holding Seth by both hips, um, and the Mavs just were terrible in overtime. But yeah, four and two. Um, I mean, it's early, but they're sitting right there, and I think the fourth spot, I think it's like a like a four way tie. Um, yeah, it's a log jam over there. Yeah, I mean right you now. got. You got the Suns looking pretty good. You like the you got the Timberwolves looking alright. Um, you know, I've seen some some disappointing teams with the Pelicans, the Kings, um, you know, the Warriors are a completely new team now. But but Corey, what's what's some things that have stood out to you uh, through the first six games with the maps?
2: Um, so obviously I have to start with Luca.
0: Man, um, he's, been, he's, he's taking
2: been, his game to wow. another level. Um, I mean, he's basically averaging a triple double. Um, it's just—it's been ridiculous, um, and I think it just submits my thoughts coming into the season where I think Luka's going to win multiple MVPs. I mean, you have LeBron calling him a bad motherfucker. Watch your mouth. Um, so it's just—I uh, mean, it's fun to watch him. Um, and obviously, he's leading. Um, he's leading the team with the highest offensive rating in the league. Um, so it's just impressive. Um, and then I'm going go to go uh, to his second, you know, the second guy on the team, KP. Um, I think he's done some good things. Um, obviously coming off 20 months off of uh, not playing NBA basketball. Um, there's a lot that he can improve on as well. Uh, I think one of those things is being stronger around the rim. Um, he's just, he's getting the ball knocked into his hands too much. And, um, but I think that, like I said, I think that's just part of coming back Um And then uh, Seth Curry, him being inserted into the starting lineup, I love that move. Just put some shooting out there around Luka. Because I know, like, the first few games, it seemed like Luka could have had, you know, 15 assists in, you know, a few of those games too, but they just couldn't make a shot um, after he kicked it out to him. So having Seth Curry there in the starting lineup is a great thing. Um, And then – like you said, you touched on the Warriors. Um, I think that opened up a playoff spot for the Mavs. Um, so I think if they keep playing at this level, like you said, they're a couple of plays away from being 6-0. and oh. um, I think if they keep playing at this level, I think they could even compete for as high as a 4C to get home court advantage in the first round.
0: Yeah, I mean, you touched on it, and, you know, everyone has touched on it. Luka has been just spectacular. You right now, he's averaging, like, 26 26- – 10 and nine and a half assists um it's been stupid you know the past two games you know the first player in nba history to have uh back-to-back 29 50 29.15 assists 13 rebound triple doubles youngest player in nba history to record consecutive 25 point triple doubles i mean he's been he's been crazy good um yeah you know kp um well go back to luca uh you can tell that he's that he's you know shed some pounds. You can tell that he's quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that he's more comfortable. Just he's just making better decisions with the ball. You know he's making better passes. Uh, he's seen the floor better, even though he saw it you know great last year. Um, you know Porzingis, you can still see the the rust. Um, mm-hmm. You know he talked about um, after the Laker game that you know they need to get him more involved um, when he comes back into the game, and I agree. You know when he came back into the game in the second quarter the ball just it just wasn't coming his way um you know need to get him you know he needs to be the vocal point of the offense whenever Lucas' on the on the bench um, but I mean I think the big the biggest thing for KP has been you know his um, his commitment to the defensive end you know he's the right shot now blocking is incredible yeah right now he's third in the league with uh, averaging 2.7 blocks a game. Uh, he had six the other night. I mean, he's been he's been really good. Um, and then you know, lineup wise, you know, Carlisle's always going to be fluid with his with his starting rotation. Um, really, just depending on the matchup. You know, we've seen we've seen Brunson, Dalon Wright, Seth Curry, um, Dodo, and then obviously Maxie and and Dwight um, kind of trading spots in there, but. Yeah, you know, I I think I like I like Seth Curry in the starting lineup. I like that small lineup with with Seth and DeLon and, and Luca. But you know, something that I know Reese um, Reese talked about. Reese Conkle, um, he tweeted out last week that you know he thought that if only Seth had the same confidence and mindset, not confidence, but the same mindset that that Tim Hardaway has. Yes, you know, because you you put Tim on the floor and he catches the ball, he's he's putting that thing. He's
2: up. shooting, it's going up. Yeah, you know,
0: Seth as you know, our best shooter and you know one of the league's best shooters. You know, I wish he shot more. You know, there's been several games this season where he's had you know, he had like four shots or six shots. You know, I want him taking you know six threes a game, let alone six shots total. Um, right. So I wish he kind of had a, more of a, you know aggressive mindset um but overall i mean it's it's been good you know you lost to the two teams you lost to are are two playoff teams um you know this is probably their easiest stretch of the schedule uh coming up they have the magic tomorrow night um or tonight if you're listening to this today um but yeah the next couple games you got magic knicks grizzlies celtics knicks you know, that should that be at, should least, be at four, least four wins. At least four wins. You know, the Celtics game will be tough in Boston, but... But they the
2: Mavs always play well in Boston, um, it seems like, recently at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll definitely be a good game. Um, yeah, I mean, as stacked as the West is, you know, who knows about the Suns and the Timberwolves. I would expect them to fall off at some point. Um, but, I mean, with... You know, like we said earlier, with with the Warriors, you know, kind of a new regime out there. You know, Seth is out, Clay's out, Katie's gone. Um, the Kings are looking like a mess. The Pelicans, you know, obviously, they're without Zion. The yeah, Thunder, they look like the Thunder, new team there. You know, several playoff spots have opened up. You know, it might not just be that eight spot. It might be the six, seven, eight spot that have opened up, mm-hmm. and. You know, not to mention all star spots have bumping up. You know, Seth, Clay, KD, those spots are all open for for Luca and KP to go grab. You know, I don't know if I don't know if KP will make it. Obviously, it's a little early, but but I think uh, I think Luca is going to be a lock to be All Star. Yeah, an I all-star. agree. I agree um, on that. You know, he should have made it last year. Maybe that's just me being biased, but but he's going to be a lock to be an All Star. He's honestly must watch tv if you love the nba um and like you said earlier and like a lot of people have said you know that's this is a this is a multiple time mvp candidate right here i mean this kid is that good he's not even 21 yet i mean he's just so damn good um i mean he's only gonna get better
2: show every time he hits the court i mean it really is a show
0: i mean that just the fact i mean that step back is just like it's like a free throw to him now. You know, once, once he refines, you know, more spot, more, you know, areas of his game. You know, he, need, he needs to work on his spot up shooting a little bit. Um, you know, free throws have always kind of been a struggle, um, but I mean, the sky's the limit with him. You know, leading this team, you got KP along the side, and and really, you got one of the deepest teams in the league. I mean, you look, I was I was thinking about it earlier. Or I was thinking about it yesterday. Just looking at that Warriors starting lineup with Draymond oh and D'Angelo God. Russell out, it's just like a who's who. It's just a G League team, you know. And I mean, they they got a win against the against the Trailblazers last night, which I mean, that's that's got to be a tough it's loss kind of for Dame and company. But um, I was looking at it, I was like, man, how many how many guys on the Mavs roster? Would start for that Warriors team right now. And I think it's everyone but like broke off and Isaiah Roby. Like, yeah, you go when down you start, Sam I mean,
2: Hardaway, Seth,
0: DeLon. Yeah, Courtney Lee. You could throw Bobon in there. I mean, JJ. I mean, JJ hasn't played this year, but I mean, he's better than whatever they have over there right now. But I mean, we have, you know, when you look at, you know, Utah and. Um, you know Philly and you know I think I think we're right up there with one of the deepest teams in the league Um, you know Carlisle's gonna get he's always gonna be fluid with his with his lineups depending on the matchup Um, and when you got Luka and KP I mean any really anything's possible with with a deep roster alongside him
2: and the thing that speaks to that deep roster is that Denver game at Denver that was a huge win. Um, both Luca and KP were struggling that game. I think they had what twenty-seven points combined or something crazy like that. But the bench stepped right in, and I mean, it just I mean, you were the team was better on that night without Luka and KP on the court than they were with them on the court. Um, and that just speaks to that depth. It's just, it's it's impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was like sixty-three. 63- Bench points. It was nuts. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta think about you know playoff matchups that you know if Luca or KP are Gas, you know, you've got twelve other guys that can come in and give you minutes. Um, you know, not not a lot of the teams can say that. Um, so yeah, I mean, first six games, you know, very small sample size. You know, you can't get too can't get too high, can't get too low, but. You know, it's definitely an exciting time for, you know, to be a Mavs fan um, and to be in Dallas with Cowboys and the Mavs. Um, so, yeah, Mavs magic tomorrow. Um, I'd expect to see another victory. Um, you know, rebounding is going to be a big thing against with Vucevic and Aaron Gordon and, you know, the likes of Jonathan Isaac. Um,
2: which they did a great job on the boards against Tristan and K-Love the other night. Yeah, out rebounding mean, that, was, them by that 10. was a big
0: thing. And... You know, the Mavs have been a pretty poor rebounding team, you know, as of late the past couple of years. You know, KP, you know, he's averaging, I think, eight boards a game, which would eight. be his career mm-hmm. high. Um, Luca's over 10. You got Maxi and Dwight probably around six. So it's definitely a, a team effort. You know, we're not going to have a DeAndre or like an Andre Drummond getting 15, 16 boards a game. Um, it's going to be a team effort gotta crash the boards um gotta get those lucky long rebounds but like I said it's exciting time to be a Mavs fan um you know be sure to get to a game and witness Luka in person because it's that much better in person than on tv and it's great on tv but um he's just so damn good and just one
2: last point on KP is that, you know, we talk about him being rusty and, you know, which he obviously is, but it just speaks to his talent. The dude is still averaging 20 and a half points a game and eight boards and almost three blocks. Um, so, I mean, the dude is just talented. Um, so I can't wait to see as the season goes on, as he becomes more comfortable just to see where his game goes.
0: Yeah, Maps Cowboys, exciting times in Dallas. Um, that's it for today. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at for Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at the Molf. You can follow me on Instagram at InstaMolf. Uh, Selena, Corey, where can they follow you?
2: You can find me at the Mr. Douglas on Instagram and Twitter. Ah,
1: uh, you can follow me. Twitter, Instagram at Cell6.
0: We will see y'all next week.
1: Bye guys.
0: Deuces.